Hi and welcome to episode 42 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and I'm a wedding photographer too. Super to have the great Andrew Billington with us today. Andrew is one of the UK's very best wedding photographers, has won a haul of nine Reportage awards from us and he also photographed our very first TIR Christmas party and did a fantastic job too. He's also just a lovely guy if you've ever had the pleasure of meeting him, so lovely to talk to on the podcast. Stick with us today as Andrew talks all about his journey from theatre to weddings, babies, happiness, what success means to him, his very first wedding on film, patience, social situations, client meetings, top tips for documentary coverage, and so much more. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? <laughs> I am. Yeah, well, thanks. Not too bad at all. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. How, yeah, how's, how's things um, with you in general? How's it? How's it been for you these last few months? Let's go straight to it. Let's go straight into that. Um, well, actually, I you know I don't want to sort of um, impact on it how anybody else is feeling, but I have really almost enjoyed it. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, just from the point of view of it was an enforced stop, and mm. I really think I needed it. I I felt like because you know weddings have not been seasonal for well I, I've never known weddings to be seasonal so it's been sort of year on year on year and constantly working I've never sort of scheduled myself to have any substantive stops in it right okay. um th- through the fear you know mm-hmm. um so <laughs> so actually the enforced stop to start off with was really really good I mean worrying to start off with but then once you got your head around the fact no one can work Oh, okay. So no one's falling behind. No one's, you know, being, you know, being advert. Everybody's impacted exactly the same. I've sort of tried to embrace it a, a little bit. I think that's cool. I mean, that's a great approach. But I guess also you've been hit even maybe doubly hard because you also do kind of theatre work, don't you? And that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the two, an industry the two which things is just I, yeah, yeah. The oh, two yeah. things I photograph are weddings and theatre. <laughs> and I literally photographed um, something that the Royal Shakespeare Company were doing on like, something like Friday, March the whatever, whatever it was. It was Friday, March the thirteenth. Oh, it was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I man. photographed something the RSC were doing, and then all my work stopped. So it's all your fault. You photographed on it, Friday. The yeah, 13th. yeah, I photographed. On Friday the 13th, and then after that, everything stopped. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm going to apologise to everybody. I'm really, really sorry, um, but I'll try not to do it again. So what have you been, you said you've quite liked it. What have you been doing in this enforced break then? How have you been spending your time? Um, well, it was just not editing weddings. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, later on, I've been editing weddings, but not new weddings, obviously. Right. Um but just, I, I sort of, it was nice just to stop and just take a breath and think, oh, yeah, oh, I can read books. I can, you know, I can grow vegetables. Did all the things that everybody else was doing, growing vegetables, you know. Growing I vegetables. Know. Well, how's that? Yeah, I, oh, yeah, good, good. We've had uh, beetroot and broccoli. Uh, Is it all monch, edible? Is it edible? Monch, oh, yeah, yeah. Monch too. <laughs> and we're just the tomatoes are, you know, they're looking a bit they're, they're just sort of coming on carrots oh, are, cool. are, are still working through the carrots so that was quite nice you know <laughs> okay, that's good that's good it was it was it was sort of back to basics it was like well supermarkets were absolutely you know it seemed like the food chains were buggered so it was just like need to grow my own vegetables that's true that's good though Got man my, my wife, or oh, you've met Oni, um, she yeah. would love to do that, grow her own vegetables. Is it difficult, yeah. though? It sounds difficult. So easy. So Is easy. Yeah. No, I literally, I, I knocked up a, like a no-dig bed, which is which was literally four planks of wood nailed together. And then you just sort of fill them with, first of all, newspaper, because I just put it straight on top of the grass that we had. Just put okay. newspaper on to suppress the grass and then just put compost and all the other stuff and then you don't dig it over or anything you just plant your veg straight into it and just keep watering it 
Mm, okay, and this is good. And anyone who's yeah, tuned in I mean, expecting yeah. some like and, wedding oh, photography. Photography. Let's not talk about photography. Let's talk about growing vegetables and making <laughs> bread and all, and all that sort of stuff. That's cool though yeah, to do. But, that is cool to do that. Yeah, and it just and it was just it was nice just to sort of sit there and see that actually something was working and something was happening because I could you know I could count the passage of time, but just by the fact that things were growing. <laughs> Yeah, so not your bank balance, but your actual thing. Not, not the bank balance. I mean, I, I know it's been it's been very hard for some. I was in a probably a, a much luckier position than most, I think, in that my mortgage was paid off. All uh, right, okay. Um, and all I had to do was, you know, was literally buy vegetables and <laughs> and and, and keep, keep, keep the heating on and the electricity. That was a that was about it. You know, as long as we had fresh veg and Netflix, we were okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's good fresh veg and netflix that should be uh the tagline yeah that, is yeah, good. that was it that um, was... but we touched upon that earlier though about your kind of you do your theater work as well as your wedding work and stuff and how did you get into the theater stuff was that before the weddings did that come after that, the weddings? that was yeah that was before the weddings the theater came before the weddings because i used to work in theater oh, um okay. that was my my first career as it were was, oh, was right. it what, what doing what in theater uh well i started i trained as an actor Oh, so, really? Oh, cool. Yes. I start, I start, so I started off as an actor. I was an actor for a year after, or two years after lead, leaving university. Oh, really? Uh, wow. That, you know, that's how I met my wife, Oni. She did a uh, BA in theatre acting. So she's ah. acting. Yeah. Oh, where did she do that? Uh, Bretton Hall. We met at Bretton Hall, which is... Um... Oh, I know. Yeah, I know quite a few people that trained at Bretton as well. Yeah. Oh, do you? Really? Oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah. No, but I was at Aberystwyth so uh, oh okay cool okay oh cool so so the acting then yes yeah, so so then how did you get so yeah tell, tell us about that I just well well there. yeah I, I sort of you know I'd always always wanted to be an actor that was that was my sort of thrust as a, as a child and everything that I did was sort of pointed towards that so I did no end of plays as a kid you know in amateur theater and then did a degree in drama and sort of treated that as a as basically repertory theatre. I did thirty five plays over three years oh, while wow, I was cool. at university, oh. and I used to I used to disappear for two months over Christmas, and uh, which they were absolutely fine with because I'd go and be on the stage crew of uh, the professional pantomime at Northampton near me. Oh wow, oh, that's I, cool. I grew up. So yeah, I just go off and say right, I'm going off to do panto for two months, and go and <laughs> go and earn some money. Was that fun working on those kind of productions? Oh, I love it. Love it. Always, always good fun. I mean, there was sort of, because you get a real sort of crew, you know, if you're working on the stage crew and you're, you're doing the kids' pantomime, you're, you're running on between scenes and changing all the flats and or you're up in the fly floor and dropping the sort of the back cloths and everything in. Ah, uh, cool. So there's, you know, there's great times when you're sort of talking to someone and they're, they they worked on these sort of like three ropes. It was there wasn't even counterweighted. Then you had to sort of physically <laughs> lift all, lift all the all these heavy painted cloths up and down yeah, rather right. than counterweights. They were they, you were literally on three lines, and you just, about three or four of you hauled them up and pushed them down. And mm -hmm. there was I do remember one occasion when a guy was holding those three ropes and undoing them off the cleat just as somebody just 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 as somebody was doing uh, something to the audience. And he, and he undid the ropes from the cleat, but unfortunately he'd done the ones next to the one he was holding. <laughs> so basically this, this, <laughs> this, this um, backdrop just thundered into the stage, <laughs> oh, which has got a, got a massive baton on the bottom and literally skimmed the back of this actress's head. Oh, man. It's like, scary. oh, yeah, this could have been bad. This could have been bad. But you you got, you know, it was great camaraderie. You got fit. I mean, it was, it was you know, the back muscles you got from doing that were stunning. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when you, yeah see, when you see the bell ringers at weddings now, are you, like, tempted to to get into that kind well, of yeah, action? Yeah, yeah, I do, I, do, I, do, I do like the bell ringers. And actually, yeah, you sort of think, yeah, that's 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 quite good. Though they generally look sort of old and retired and sort of from, you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but while we're, on, while we're on that, though, actually, I know we segued, and we'll go back to your yeah, yeah, um, yeah. theatre stuff, but one of your recent reportage awards was um, a bell ringing shot, wasn't it? And oh, it, yeah. The, it looked like you shot through what looks to be like two washers, is it? Or maybe it two washers, yeah, yeah. And they're both looking out of the frame. Mm. And then you've got the you've got the bell ringers in in the middle, sort of. So they're sort of a, a symmetry in the frame, and 
and just yeah. frame the bell ringers at the background. I love I love all the little details like that. When, I love that as well, man. I think that's wicked. The, you know, the un the, the unobvious stuff is, yeah. but, it, but it's all part of the story. Mm, totally. And did you see that at the time? You know that that possibility to shoot these bell ringers, and you purposefully thought, right, I'm going to step back and shoot it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see, I could get, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it wasn't a, a, a lucky frame. It was, I think there's a few of it trying to make it work, and it didn't sort of work until they were both looking in opposite directions, and then the frame sort of works. You know, one got rather than welcoming people in, looking in the, towards the door, one got distracted and talked to somebody else and then it's sort of the sort of whole symmetry the frame and the the vertical of the bell ring has started to work mm, it's awesome so, i love it um i'll include looking, that in the post as well oh brilliant yeah no i like looking for things like that that's sort of it's sort of what makes it interesting and you know each you've got different you know so many opportunities at a wedding oh yeah it's so to, true it? to not do the same thing again and again and again Oh, yeah. Imagine how boring it would be for us if we were just doing the same thing. I think, and but, you know, I think that's that's some people's, you know, selling point. They're sort of, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're booked on the fact that the bride already knows or the couple already know what the oh, wedding yeah. photos are going to look like. Mm, that's true. And I guess there's, there's definitely a plus for that for some people yeah, as well. There's an abs- yeah. there's, I think there's an absolute plus in that. And that's that's one way of doing it. Because I think it's a little bit more difficult, certainly, you know, us uh, documentary photographers, in that if a couple, you know, they, they want to know what their wedding photos are going to look like, you can't tell them. You can't mm-hmm. sort of say they are going to look like this, or you're going to get shots like this. You know, you can say, "Well, this is what I've done before, so I'm going to work in the same way at your wedding." But you're going to get a whole different set of photos. They're not mm-hmm. going to be any of these. That's true. Yeah, that's Which is, true. It's a sort of it's a difficult thing. I think so. So then it comes into a lot of trust. I think from couples. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always, um, you know, I think every time you're booked, you're slightly in awe of the trust that people give you. Yeah, that's true. Because it's not a sub- it's not an insubstantial amount of money as well, is it? No, and it's such an important no. day, and, yeah. and it's an important day. And they they're sort of saying we absolutely trust you to tell the story, but do, do it in an interesting way. But there's no way you can guarantee that it's going to be you know that we're going to like them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, you, they can true. only like the ones we've done before. Mm, yeah, and I think the longer you do it, probably the more level of trust you're able to sort of you know that bank you can pull on really that is so true yeah because yeah as you said their wedding photos don't exist yet at the time no. that they're getting no into you're this selling something that doesn't exist and you're asking a lot of money for it mm, yeah it's true don't mess it up don't mess it up <laughs> <laughs> that's the fear that's that's where the fear comes in every time i think i don't know about you i'm still nervous before every wedding Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. And, and that's good yeah. to hear from you as well, because you've been in it quite a long time now, haven't you, as well? Is it like? Is I it... found out today um, that I photographed my first wedding 20 years ago. No, really? It, 20? Yeah, it was 20. I wasn't a professional photographer then. I haven't even got any plans to do it then. And it was my brother-in-law and now sister-in-law's wedding. Okay, and I had to, and it was twenty years ago in Wales, and they did, they weren't having a photographer. They hadn't got any money. They just they knew that I'd sort of, well, my dad had been a photographer, and I was sort I sort of knew how to do it. Okay, so and they sort of said, well, can you just come and take some photos? And I sort of said, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I borrowed a camera. I didn't even own a camera. Oh, <laughs> really? Was it so, a film? Film camera? It was film. It was film. Yeah, I borrowed a uh, a thirty five mil. Um, I think it was, I might have been a Nikon. I'm, I can't even remember what the model of the, of the but I borrowed it from the um, production designer at the theatre that I was working at. Okay. Because C- production designers always had cameras. And, and then I went off and shot their wedding. Wow. But Were you scared? I, uh, yeah, because again, but there was no expectation on it. Okay. But you still, you know, I think, it, I think if you, yeah, I think we're always bothered. I think I, a lot of, a lot of, photographers you know i think like us are sort of you always want to get it right you always want to do something good you want to deliver something good even if somebody says it doesn't matter if you don't get one frame you know in focus or if they're all black you sort of think well yeah no that's not a good level to aim at 
Mm, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> How has well, it been? Again, so, have your nerves have they got better over the ten years? I, I know I I still get nervous. Like you, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, yeah. I'm just gonna say I find it harder when there's been a break as well, between you know months between weddings or something. And now it's even more nerve wracking, you know. And you've got oh, that yeah. that time. Have you you've shot, haven't you, since this? Um, I have. I, I, did, I did shoot at the end of July. I shot one lockdown wedding at the end of July. What were your nerves uh, like for that? Um, not too, not too bad actually. I was quite happy to get back into it and quite happy to be shooting. I was a lot slower at working my camera. No, oh, right, I bet, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I shoot, I, I, apart from autofocus, I shoot full manual. So I was, I was photographer, <laughs> proper photographer, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not something I've always done. Um, I, I only started doing about two years ago. I started being a proper photographer two years ago. Uh, <laughs> No, it just sort of worked for me. It suddenly started shooting manual. I don't know why. It just suddenly started shooting manual. Because oh, I was cool. shooting. I shot Aperture, Aperture Priority for years and years and years. And it just worked. And then I just, for some reason, switched. I wonder, what was it? Was it? Did you change the system at time? Or um, No, it wasn't because I changed system. I think I just, I, I did it. I mean, I, sometimes I do things a little bit out of, I won't say boredom, but ways of challenging myself and sort of keeping my mind fresh. Right, yeah. So I think I probably went, oh, let's just try and shoot sections of the day full manual and and work out whether I'll want to be adjusting the ISO for exposure or whether I want to be doing the shutter speed or whether I want to be doing the aperture. And it and it worked out it was generally shutter speed was the thing that I was adjusting to, to make the exposure in camera. But I think I did it just to challenge myself and then actually found out that there was for certain shots, it's so much quicker. Like if you want to drop into a quick silhouette it's you can just do it like that yeah, without okay. without trying to sort of you know get through all right i've got a three stops you know got to go down three stops under expose and all this and, and then or or lock my lock my exposure on this point and yeah, you could yeah. just literally do it looking through the back of the camera now boom 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 done and it was mm, so i think it was for the ease of those sort of shots and sometimes when you whip round and you just want to make sure your subject's completely exposed. You can just drop the, you know, drop the aperture wide open just to bring them or however. It just worked. So I, yeah, I've started okay. I've started doing that way. But yeah, that's cool. at, the end of Ju- at the end of July, when I picked up a camera again, I was like, I, I'd even forgotten where, where, like, some of the dials were set. <laughs> yeah. I've got no idea. <laughs> and so I must look so great because I'm like going, I have no idea how this camera works. <laughs> oh, I can imagine that. I can imagine that's going to be because it's muscle memory, and you just get into yeah. it. And when you when you're shooting continually through season after season, you just you just do it automatically. And it's I, in a way, I think it's been quite good. It was quite good to go back after this break and to I've, I've spent a lot of time looking back just for things to blog as well. Looking back through weddings that I've shot over the years. And it's really, it's humbling and it's also really interesting to see how you develop and also to to look back and reprocess stuff and think actually and and look back at things that you'd completely forgotten you'd taken or stuff Mm. that you discounted at the time that now are actually, you sort of think, no, that's the image I would share now, not the ones that I shared at the time of, you know, five years ago. It's funny mm. how that changes, isn't it? Mm. It's funny. Yeah. I've been appreciating this time looking back at older stuff and blogging some older weddings as yeah. well, actually. Yeah, yeah, you do. You discover stuff and you're like, why didn't I feature that before? Oh, I absolutely. really like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really found that. And it, it sort of em- emphasised to me a little bit about what I, say, what I say to people when they sort of say, oh, how can I, you know, how can I shoot in a documentary way? And I sort of say, we, and we talk about what to show on their website and things like mm. that. And it made me think that maybe a few years ago, the things that I was sharing and possibly the things that I was blogging sometimes were images that I thought that brides would like or that I thought would, you know, oh, that's a that's a that's a wedding photograph. I need to show that wedding photograph and things like that. Mm. Whereas I'm certain now I'm I'm certainly a lot more hardcore in the fact that I just share things that I enjoy or that are interesting to me or that tell a story about that day, but aren't necessarily even featuring the bride and groom or, 
you know, it's just, it's just an interesting shot that I think sells my style. That's cool, man. And do you think that, do you think has that come just, for, I mean, with you becoming just more confident in who you are and the kind of clients that you want or the kind of images that you want to show? Is it just experience through shooting so many weddings? You know, why do you think you've made that kind of change? I don't know. I think it, it's probably, it's probably a combination of the two because, I mean, I was always pretty hardcore from from day one in sh- in just wanting to show documentary images mm. and not showing details and not showing uh couple shoots or portraits i mean there's there's very very few if you dive through blogs on my website there's probably about half a dozen maybe a dozen portraits that have mm. made it to blogs that don't even look like portraits you know they're just like oh that's a nice moment between them that we took at portrait time mm. but again it's you know we've 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 all got those but you know as photographers we can spot them and go yeah but you took it at that time <laughs> <laughs> documentary photographers sniff out yeah but it was set up but it, was. <laughs> yeah, it may so be true. a natural moment but it's one it's a natural moment within a moment you've set up so mm, it doesn't yeah you know yeah, we have really. those little rules but yeah. no so i was always showing those but i think I might have had half a mind of, oh, actually, probably that would appeal to a bride looking or a couple looking. That would appeal, you know. And now I think, because I'm more confident, probably in the way that I shoot and a bit more sort of, you know, I I work this way. This is the way that I work, Mm. which is how I've always spoken to couples rather than how do you want me to shoot your wedding? It's Mm. always been, this is the way that I work and hopefully we're a good fit. But of course, when you're first starting out, you're a little bit sort of, there's that imposter syndrome of gone people people are giving me money to go and shoot their shoot their wedding with a camera and i've i've no idea what i'm doing mm, that's so Which true is, does that imposter does that imposter syndrome ever go away completely though no I, I, was th- I was thinking about it today and i think it's i think it's followed me probably through it i think it's within us i think it's mm. followed me through all my careers it followed me through theater that i felt it i was like I had a lucky break to be able to work constantly in theatre for 20 years, okay. which is a weird... What was that lucky break? What was that? Well, I, I sort of I sort of felt like that, that I must have been given a lucky break rather than actually oh, okay, have right. been any good, you know. I mean, sure. it wasn't the... I wasn't acting for 20 years. I, I was a, a company stage manager at a theatre for many, many years. Ah, uh, cool. Because, because rather than acting jobs, which tend to last sort of six to eight weeks... If you're com- if you're company stage manager, you're employed 52 weeks of the year. That's quite important, isn't it, to have that security? Yes. <laughs> yes. So so I assume well that although subsidised rep theatre is not paid very well, right? Okay. Um, but it was still great. I mean, it was still a dream job to be in theatre between you know just working, being paid to do theatre, which is something yeah, I love. I'm sure. And, but, and we segued off it earlier, so it's just yeah, interesting. Yeah. What is your journey? How did you go from that theatre then to start doing um, the photography? Well, I, I mean, there's so I, I, I've thought about it over the. I mean, I know how the transition happened, but there's sort of so many elements of the theatre that have sort of fed into my photography as well, because I was at, the theatre that I was at was a theatre in the round uh, in Stoke on Trent. Okay. So it was yeah. So rather than it being proscenium theatre where pretty pictures and you sit in the auditorium, theatre in the round, you're three sixty degrees around the action. Mm. so that was always interesting so you were always viewing a play and the drama that was unfolding within it in 360 degrees so you weren't necessarily looking for those pretty pictures you were just looking for the authentic moments and that was interesting Mm. and the other thing the sort of the reason that theater was there and the reason that theater was founded was to tell documentary stories from the local community. Oh, okay. Because the director that founded it, uh, a chap called Peter Cheeseman, that I got to work with, he was sort of like the father of documentary theatre in this com- in this country. And I worked with him on a couple of productions, and it was fascinating, and the authenticity with which, and the sort of strict nature with which he wanted to tell the documentary story in theatre is sort of like a lot about the sort of hardcore documentary photography side. You, you can see a similar similarity yeah. too. Uh, okay. Because what he did, he went out and he, if he was telling a story like 
something like the fight for Shelton Bar, which was about a steelworks closing down. He went out and he interviewed just everybody in the world, anybody that would could talk to him about it, that knew about it, that worked there, that had, you know, there were the politicians that were de- dealing with it, and he made audio recordings. Okay. And then, then the play was made up entirely of verbatim uh, quotes from these yeah, recordings. That's clever. So, cool. And yeah, absolutely. And it was amazing how he could construct a drama just from these sort of disparate interviews. Mm. But also the sort of his absolute obsession with it had to be the people's actual real words. And if they'd said an um or an er uh or an ah in the sentence, that had to be reproduced exactly. Right. Well, proper so um, it was real hardcore, <laughs> but it sort of, in a way, it sort of informed the way I wanted to photograph because that sort of documentary storytelling was very much... Mm. I, I didn't like the artifice of creating images or saying, oh, let's all do this and pretend. Mm. That didn't seem the way to tell a story. The way to tell a story seemed to be to find an artistic way to show the truth. Mm. That's a cool way of putting it. Mm. Which yeah. I think is exactly what Peter did. And and it was fascinating working with him on it. And when I sort of moved, you know, as I was working in theatre um, and working backstage, I... I'd, got interested in photography again as i had as a kid i sort of when digital cameras came in mm-hmm. i sort of bought myself a very small point in shoot and then sort of started taking pictures around the theater and then you sort of you've got a ready-made subject there that's interesting yeah. you know rehearsals things well, like that so i bet so you I like start... the, the silent shutter must come in handy these days though <laughs> Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's great in rehearsals now because you, you are absolutely silent or when shooting a, a, a dress rehearsal because it is absolutely silent. But then it was a bit more sort of clunky when you were using a DSLR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put the camera down, Andrew. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, I, I, I started taking it then because sort of people saw my pictures and then and they were quite, again, I think because they were quite authentic. Um, I got commissioned by the Arts Council to go in and work with some artists in schools. Okay, cool. So it was like, you know, the the commission was to work with artists, teachers and pupils. But your sort of brief was because they were getting artists to go to schools to work on curriculum issues. So maybe there was a sculptor sent in to work with uh, boys in year 10 on literacy. Okay. Hmm. And they worked with the teachers and the pupils. And you had to photograph the moment they all had an idea at the same time <laughs> that was basically the brief <laughs> but, with, but without them all standing in front of the camera with their thumbs up pointing yeah. <laughs> yeah so That's difficult yeah i was incredibly difficult and when and also when you walk into i, I think this was great training i think for being a documentary wedding photographer because when you walk into a classroom of kids with a camera you are immediately the most exciting thing that's happening in their day. Oh, yeah. And all yeah. they want to do is look at you, and all they want to do is smile and gurn and stick <laughs> their thumbs up at you so you'll take their picture. So it taught me to uh, how to very quickly sort of go to a very much a sort of neutral state uh, whereby, yeah. and, and to shift my focus for, to maybe what they were doing or somewhere else in the classroom. I'd always, I found that if you walked in and once I'd introduced myself and they knew why I was there, then rather than to get them back on task, I had to sort of start focusing on something they were doing or something elsewhere and not look at them. Right. And they, and then suddenly I was in this sort of neutral state and they, and I was the least interesting thing in the room. <laughs> so they went back to a task that was actually going to, and then I could, found I could just move around and just take into and you know put a camera on a desk and chat to them or just look and and again say oh that's interesting click click and it mm. just sort of and so I think that's really fed into particularly when you sort of walk in for bridal prep and things like that where yeah because it, it could be a really sort of I think it's I always think that's a, such a weird thing particularly what, bridal to, prep in general or go, just going well, no, no, into bridal as, prep as, as a man. <laughs> walking into a room of generally 
you know, if if it, if it's a if it's a bride, you know, semi clad women yeah. that, are, that are wandering around with a camera, and you just go, I'm just going to take some pictures. Is that all right? <laughs> That's true. There I is guess. no yeah. other time in anybody's life when that would be okay. <laughs> That's true. But, but at a wedding, people just sort of go, Yeah, yeah, fine, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just accepted. But again, to get people not self conscious and not not sort of back on task, as it were, I do that sort of neutral state thing. And I and it re, and just find something interesting, or just focus on so, on on something that's not obviously them. Mm, that's been and a very chat, useful skill to get chat, to learn, yeah. I guess. So, yeah. so I think it was something that sort of came out of doing that documentary work in schools and in theatres that really fed into into weddings, and also because I I was started photographing not weddings i started doing sort of documentary theater work mm. when i was asked when naturally because you've got a camera people sort of say oh do you do weddings <laughs> yeah um i think i was able to sort of say i do but i do them like this okay. not knowing yeah because when i started photographing weddings i had no idea what wedding photography was mm. do you think that was a blessing oh absolutely i think i think it really was i think it was a case of uh, you know, I well, I, you have you have this sort of idea of that it is, you know, it's it's because you you see so many pictures. I had this idea that it was this cheesy sort of bride and groom with their arms intertwined, sipping champagne, or you know, a, a woman being dipped by a man and showing her garter and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> yeah. my, my and every fiber in my being was going, I am not doing that. That is just that's it. it because I think possibly because it was the photo seemed to be more the idea of the photographer and I could see more of the photographer in those photographs than I could actually see the real couple. Mm, that's cool. I, I really totally get that. Yeah, that's a great quote. And so I, I was more interested in revealing the story of the real couple, even more than necessarily telling the story of a wedding you know there just happened to be a wedding going on but it, the more interesting thing was these people that have come together for it what mm. are they going to do what could happen you know this is and this is what i think i try to think about that every time i photograph a wedding i try to you know i i sort of say it's about these people at this time in this place mm, that's cool. for every for every wedding that's and very think, cool if you keep that in your mind, then you don't. Then you're not photographing a wedding. You're just, there's just a collection of people that have come together. Yeah, and that's interesting. That and is totally. Did you ever have a, a, a crisis in confidence though? You know, especially when you started out doing weddings. You know, did you ever think to yourself, well, you know, do people want it shot in this oh, way? You know? yeah, yeah, I have no idea. No idea it was a thing. You know, I didn't. I didn't know that. You know that you know simon atkins or jeff Ascoff had been doing it for years i've got no concept of what documentary wedding photography was mm. um there wasn't really i mean i don't want to sound that old there was okay. an internet um, <laughs> but you but you weren't really searching it for photos because it took you about six <laughs> minutes to download a photo well not those type of photos yeah as it yeah. slowly yeah. revealed itself <laughs> oh, oh yeah but you know that's it's, funny it's, how we segued on <laughs> this grainy this this this, this low-res grainy black and white image appears and you're, you're looking at it slowly but after six minutes you oh, realize yeah. well, jeff Askoffs that wouldn't have been great <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh that's funny man that's funny um, and then well, so for, from the theater work then how, yeah was it just a friend or someone uh, they saw you working in the theater then who asked you to photograph their wedding it, well, i mean it was it was the um design assistant's mother was oh, wow. getting was getting married for the second time right and i'd sort of i've been toying with this with this idea of or well, you know you know hey weddings are always a natural thing with a camera that you think maybe you can make money out of this mm. um and she was getting married and she wasn't having a photographer. It was a small affair. And I, I literally said, can I just shoot it for free? Because I've just got this idea of photographing in this way. Mm. And I know she doesn't want a photographer. So I'm going to go along and not be a photographer, not be a wedding photographer, as it were. And she was like, brilliant. Yeah. So I said, I'll do it for free. And, and I just literally took some documentary images of the day and they liked them. 
And that was literally the second wedding I'd ever been to. Yeah. Man, so it's I, all gone from there. And it, and it's and it's it's gone on from there, but it's quite interesting how I've noticed again, you know, looking back through over these past few months, looking back through the archive, as it were, um, how much was about me working out and trying to create a a, a, a physical language with of of images, you know, trying to find trying to find a language in which to sort of talk, right. because you're you're very torn between cliched wedding images, which you know there are certain moments I think that we have to step up. And absolutely get, you know, images that 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 reek of the day, as it were. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I think if somebody's walking through a line of confetti, you know, it's very difficult to say, yeah, but I found the hubcaps of the car really interested at that point in the day. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's I true. feel we have to sort of say, well, that's a moment that we've got to nail. I mean, whether, mm. I mean, I try. I try not to sort of stand in, you know, I've got this thing about not standing in the photographer places. Okay. Um, so, you know, if there's, if there's, if there's a big confetti lineup and they, they've all, I'd never organize anybody, but if yeah. they've all made a big tunnel, I tend not to stand at the end of it. With Are you all like on top of a tree somewhere or like, like... no, I tend, to, <laughs> I tend to stand in with everybody. I'm sort of, uh, half that's cool, down. Yeah. I'm sort of, like, I'm just going to come in here guys. Cause it's sort of, in, and so it's sort of like as a guest, and then but it, cool. it sort of means I can get the shot of them coming towards me and all the shower. And then I'll also get the shot of them walking away without yeah. having to, you know, without, without only being a single shooter because I don't have second shooters. So. Right. OK. Yeah, that's good. And you so don't have you to run that. Get, you you don't risk that going backwards and like falling over. No, no exactly. exactly. But... I'll leave that to the videographer. Which they love <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Okay, Andrew. Let's take, wait, let's let's change tax. Let's go off the photography yeah, a bit. Let's change it. Let do you do you have a favourite joke? Oh, oh my word! Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm to put I, know, I, no, I, I just got one, one in one in mind. I did. I, did, I, had a, I had this dream last night that I that I I woke up in a, this this ocean of orange lemonade, <laughs> but it turned out to just be a fantasy. Oh, that's good. Oh, I like it. Fantasy. Love it. <laughs> I like that. I didn't actually know that you would start. That was a joke that you started with then as well. Actually. Oh, there we go. You see, that's how you do it. You shoot in. Love it. I love dad jokes like that. That's great, man. That's great. Let's go on to it. Let's go. Do you love four weddings in a funeral? Do you know I do? Yes. Good, yeah. man. Yeah, I love a rom com. I love, and that's a really that, that's a good rom com. That's, it uh, that's, yeah, it's excellent. I think it's, it, like one it's of the got... best films ever written. It's like a busman's holiday for us, though, isn't it? A bit. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, don't. I was watching Don't Tell the Bride the other day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Literally, I did back to back episodes of Don't Tell the Bride. I was I was doing something in in the in the lounge, sort of a, a repetitive job, and I just sort of put Don't Tell the Bride on. <laughs> You're just sort of going. Well, You're missing weddings, man. You're missing weddings. I know, I know, I know. Well, I used to, I used to watch that obsessively when I was first starting out because it was about weddings. Mm. But, but yeah, yeah, four, four weddings and a funeral. Great film, Richard Curtis. Good stuff. Hugh Grant. <laughs> I'm going to do yeah, some fantastic. quick fire questions. I've never really done okay. this quick fire. But it's quite good. Let's Let's do some, some of the ones that I normally do, but just in quick fire uh, ways. Um, do you eat the canapes? Um, not always. What, are you like um, not, a canapé connoisseur? Sometimes only... I do. Sometimes, sometimes I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel a bit sort of like, well, you know, it's like family first, so I let the guests have them first. Okay. Well, that's, that's, they put that's down on, they're put down on a table. I should gobble as many as I physically can without being noticed. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What annoys you in life? In life, um, I would say discourtesy. Mm-hmm. And people who aren't empathetic. I mean, there's a you know a lack of empathy about how other people's situations and how other people might feel. That's, That's what annoys me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Um, what's a random fact about you that you think most people would be surprised to know? Oh gosh, uh, that I once led a Mardi Gras. Oh, oh really? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I once, I once, you... I once, Hanley Mardi Gras in something like 2010 i was the carnival king and i danced around the whole of uh 
Stoke-on-Trent and Hanley, I sultered, I shall say, <laughs> dressed in silver with a massive headpiece and wings. Wow, man. That is... Have you got photos of that? There are photos. <laughs> I might share you. I might share one with you. Yeah, I'll, do. I'll, put, I'll put it in the post. <laughs> um okay let's go away from the quick fire now so you can take as long as you want um you you photographed the first this reportage christmas party in london did an awesome job um what what was that, that was like so hard. yeah do you feel like was... did you feel extra pressure shooting you know well, party full yeah. of other wedding photographers yeah i mean it was huge i mean i think it was i think it was a lot of pressure because again mm. you know you you're there's some amazing photographers there and you see some amazing work from them all and you're like, well, you know, I've really got to sort of step up and try and do this. And then you you basically threw a, threw a party in a dark corridor. <laughs> it was very narrow, wasn't it? That's true. Oh, my God. It was the <laughs> darkest corridor. And I was like, all right, OK. We're really going to have to rinse the cameras tonight to get anything out of this. <laughs> oh, you did an awesome job, man. They're brilliant it images. Fun. It was fun in the end. And and it's one of those things it's i don't know i don't know how how you are with sort of social gatherings and things like that i although i don't see me i'm pretty much an introvert i'm a very much a social introvert so yeah you're it's not. great to have I, no honestly i am you're honestly living, I, I am <laughs> I, I know I, I sort of like i have to have little timeouts in social situations just to sort of go just to decompress and go right okay i can go back and be sociable again oh, so it that. was it was nice to have a t that's what i mean by you know by that but it was so it was nice to have a task Oh yeah, I can get that. Yeah, that would. Yeah, uh, that would. In a way, it was nice to have a job because you could chat with people, and then you could sort of say, "Right, I've just got to go and do this now for a little bit." And you could do that for a little bit, then you could sort of feel like, "Oh great, I'll go back and chat again." Yeah, that's true. Do you know, <laughs> I totally agree with that. Like I, on a very much a, a much smaller scale, I photographed just a little family friends Christmas party, uh, and I found it useful to have a camera to be able to use that as an excuse as well to kind of escape and have a breather in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, it's a good. It's a good thing to do. It's funny though to hear that from you that you you say that you're a bit introvert and in those such situations because you come across as like totally the opposite. I do, that, it's not, well, I mean, I love people and I, I do love talking to people. I'm genuinely interested in people, but I don't know. I there was there were people that seemed to be able to carry on, do go on and on and on and on and on doing that all night long, whereas I like sort of think. I'm really tired now. I need a little break and then I can do it again. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And I like the same way. I get really nervous in those kind of social situations as well. Um, yes. It's a funny yeah. thing. You know, it is. I think, I think, the, I think the, you know, certain, there are certain of us that are, that are really like that. And I think you do, you do feel a little bit sort of nervous and you're a little bit, again, like a wedding, a bit apprehensive before you sort of step into the bar or step, you know, step into mm. the, the workshop space or whatever because it's sort of you know it's enforced yeah. socialization which would be like mm. yeah it's true yeah and that's funny because it leads me on to something i wanted to ask you about and it's but it's good how that's never held you back because like you were you were at the first ever snap photography festival yeah. i was there as well yeah. and you were at the first doc day this year it was AC oh yeah both. yeah awesome. um, i'm hoping we what, can go ahead again this oh, year oh no yeah i know i know fingers crossed what's what's yeah. your opinion on training in general you know and going to is it like conferences and multi-day events that you love to attend or do you also uh, do you also attend individual workshops and stuff what's your opinion on them in in general Oh, I'm I'm very pro training. I think from from day one when I decided to sort of do to be a photographer full time, um, I had a training budget in my budget for every year. Oh, that's cool. There's money set aside for training every year. I mean, it's you know, it it's more important than buying a new lens mm. because you know it it's and and part of it was. You know, personal training and and, and just try, I mean, constantly trying to improve and get better, and that because again, that's probably part of the sort of fraud thing and and <laughs> the mm. feeling. Oh, I get paid to sort of wheel a camera. I better learn how to use it properly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think it's just interesting to see how other people work. I mean, I do love workshops, and I do love hearing about how other photographers work and what their thought processes are. Mm. And so and I think. For, from day one, I was I was I was attending workshops, training days. Um, I've not done a lot of one to ones. I, mm. I will admit that's it's been more sort of 
again, I feel that maybe that's that that feels like a bit more pressure, but it's quite nice mm. to sit in a room with people and be absolutely enraptured and interested with what one person or a group of people have got to say. Hopefully, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Having said that, I mean, I was... When I started out, I was a member of the SWPP, oh, yeah. um, which is a, a, a sort of trade body or, or more a photographer's club, shall we say, but a trade body in the UK. Um, but what they did do was offer cheap training days for like okay. 50, 60 quid. Oh, you wow, could do whole, da- whole days with photographers. And mm. I would go to those, even if it was a photographer I, that wasn't documentary or that I didn't particularly like their style. But it's interesting to hear other people's thought patterns and mm. why they do something in a certain way. And invariably, if you go in with an open mind, you're going to come away with something that's going to feed into how you work or how you run your business. Mm. I mean, personally, um, I, I've fed a lot into the photography side and tried to improve a lot as a photographer. Um, for people starting out, I would say... That's, of course, that's important. But equally important is to learn how to run a business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Man, I mean, that is, that is, I mean, the first, the first thing I did was um, a four day, as, when I started out as a, as a full time professional, was I did a four day business course in the Lake District. Um, oh, cool. Well, overall with, business, with, so not, not photography specific. No, well, there were, there, were, there, were, there were some, there was a little bit of shooting involved okay. and there, there was a little bit of portfolio building shoots as well. Uh, but right. I know it was quite interesting because, again, I was slightly bloody minded at that point. So <laughs> I said, that's great. I'm not going to take photos of the model, but I'm going to photograph you photographing the models, if that's uh, all right. Proper so documentary, saw, man. Because like, yeah, I literally couldn't, didn't want to i was never going to use the cheesy shots mm. so i thought well why why would i bother taking them so it was it was i was being a bit bloody minded but it was a business course mainly and you know i remember one of the things that was said on that that course sort of day one was that the sort of four types of photographer there are great photographers that are terrible at business there are great business people that aren't great photographers there are great photographers that are good at business and there are terrible business they're great business people or terrible business people that are great <laughs> photography whatever it was either way the, the ones that succeed are the people that are good at business yeah and you know the ones that can just about survive are great photographers that aren't necessarily the best at business mm. but but you've got to have that business element in there and i sort of wish i'd done a little bit more but again, I was resisted. I wanted to be a photographer, not a salesperson, and I saw those as two separate things. And I think there is a there is a better way of combining that. It's so really interesting. It, it fits your ethos. Yeah, I think it's really interesting you talking about the business side and learning about that. And what mm-hmm. whilst whilst we're talking about that, what has been some of the best things that you've implemented into your business? You know, into, uh, just that has helped you got you know have a a full calendar of of bookings and stuff. What is what are some business tips that has worked for you? Yeah, I I mean I think there was there was quite a sort of I think I think being very authentic in what you do. I think, mm. and talking with an authentic, authoritative voice when you first interact with people, I think is really helpful. It's not about, oh, you know, and it, and it's also, it's about what, what you can do for people rather than how great you are. Mm. So you're sort of saying, oh, you're right, you, oh, you're having a, you know, so the last inquiry I got was for a wedding that's, you know, going to happen at Asylum Chapel and then they're going to move on to AMP Studios. So I've shot that. I've shot that before. And I can sort of, oh, that's great. You're going to have a fantastic day because it's awesome at there. And then you can, you know, you, if you're feeling brave, it's walking distance to the venue and it would look fantastic. And so you're, you're already investing in their day mm, and talking about, talking about how great it's going to be for them and, and, and how interesting that would be for you to photograph rather than saying i'm an awesome photographer i can make any even the worst day look great you know that's mm-hmm. i don't think that's a good place to start from no that makes sense mm. and i think being genuinely interested i mean what i what i tend to do is i put everything up front on my website so how i shoot what i shoot what it's going to cost you is literally there that's cool. so 
when people get in touch, it's there. There's an element of they're they're a little bit pre-qualified before they get to me, and right, then because sure. again, it's part of that sort of slightly shy non-salesmany sort of approach. I tend not to have phone calls with couples or Skype them before we, you know, I tend to try, try and do it on one, maybe two emails. Right. Okay. That, that sort of, I would say 80% of the couples that book me, we do it on one or two emails. That's nice, man. That's good. And yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of, I mean, I, I enjoy talking to them when I'm talking to you. And if we have a zoom call before they book, mm-hmm. it's always a nice, pleasant conversation, but I sort of think, I'm not, re- I'm not really, all I'm selling is me as a person that's going to be at their wedding. I'm not selling the photography then. I'm not selling anything else. I'm, they're just sort of checking that I'm not going to be a complete nightmare on the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think anyway, because I don't tend to, when we do a Scott, you know, if I do do a, a Zoom before they book me, I don't show them any photography. I don't. Oh, really? Any. Yeah. No, no, I, ne- <laughs> I never have. Even do, even in physical meetings, even in physical meet, if if people want to meet me, they come to my house. Yeah, As the the options are Zoom or come to meet me. And That's if they cool. come to meet me, we go we go in my front room. We have a cup of tea. The dogs bounce all over them, <laughs> and and lick them. But I but there is no wedding photography in that room at all. Man, that's and cool. I just, mean, has that been a conscious decision then? Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. it's not about. I mean, it's just a different. It, 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 a lot of people, you know, if they they have an album that they can work through and they can talk about physically about the way that they work and show them awesome images, I've never done that. I've I've never. Again, I sort of. It's. I. It's never been. It, it's felt like a sales patter if I do that, and I. Yeah. You know. I, I could change my mind on this because I because I'm moving more towards you can sell without being a salesman, without feeling like you suddenly change your brand and be become some sort of pushy salesman. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, but I've just never done it. And mm-hmm. I, I found actually just meeting together and just hearing about hearing them talk about their day and me telling a few stories about weddings that I've been to and enthusing about their day tends to be. All we need to do again i'm not selling you know they should be sold on the photography before they decide to some couples drive two three hours yeah to come up and meet so me that you know, if, so they're driving, if they're driving three hours they pretty much booked me yeah <laughs> be, you know <laughs> you've got to drop really, a big bomb inc- a big clang honestly <laughs> it's incredibly rare that if they've driven that that, that they're not going to book mm. um i would say probably one in I don't see that many in the house, but say one in ten will probably let. Well, it can't be less than that. Are probably not booked. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's good. That's good going. Yeah. As you say, they're just trying to find out that you're not going to be a nightmare. And talking yeah, about, I think so. Yeah, and we talk. I just talk about the way that I work. That tends right. to be the way, and sort of the theory behind the way that I work, and you know, it's 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 all that is what what I want them to buy into. And talking about being a nightmare on the day, have you ever made any kind of major memorable mistakes at a wedding at all? Um, trod on a baby. No, no, no. What? Does that count? I think that counts. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, in that case, yes, yes, I trod on a baby. <laughs> really? What, really? Really? you got to tell yeah, us about honestly, that. What? Honestly, I, I was... I was at this place uh, called Nant Gwethin, which is a fabulous venue in Wales. And it's like a little village. And you've got like the village green, but you sort of, you you book the whole place. So it's just yours. And we'd done the wedding in the beautiful little chapel that they have there. And we're on the village green, doing a few sort of family shots like you do at every wedding. And, yeah, yeah. and the group's there. So I'm stepping forward, having a little chat, stepping back, stepping forward. And what I didn't notice was a woman had let her baby start crawling across the grass. Oh, okay. And as I'm going forward, I, I'm stepping back. Oh. And as I step back, I feel something slightly squidgy. Oh, my no, don't, no, don't start. No, you can't. And the, the whole, I think it was the bride's family group in front, as one, leap forward and go, no! Oh, man, man. Yeah, and, and I really regret that I didn't get the shot. <laughs> I really should have. I mean, I, I didn't, there was no, I didn't put full force down on the baby. The baby was fine. Uh, 
man. Uh, but all the, and honestly, oh, you sort of think now that's it. I've lost this wedding. This wedding has gone from me. <laughs> I cannot recover from it. But for the rest of the day, all the guests were coming up to me, going, "Are you okay? Are you all right?" Oh, oh that blood, that bloody woman with that baby. She lets it go <laughs> everywhere. And they were going, "Do you want a drink? Do you want a drink?" <laughs> it turned man. into an amazing day. That's mad, isn't it? That's a mad. That's Trans- a mad story. Yeah, but that's a weird one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, if that counts, yeah, there was that one. I think yeah, that counts. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's segue again. Um, you did a video for us recently where you talked about yes. how you captured all your reportage awards that are up to date, um, which members can watch right now, as well as over seventeen hours of other exclusive videos. Um, and you, sh- I don't know what I don't know what my throat just did then. That was odd noise. But and you you shared so much great info, man. It was great do you um you know do you enjoy teaching in general because you do your own workshops and training too don't you do you you must enjoy that i guess yeah i do and again it was one of those things it was something that i did resist for years and because yeah yeah yeah, because people sort of people had asked and i but i and again it was that sort i sort of thought well how can i teach how can you teach documentary how can you teach your eye you know it's like that's that seems so such a such an impossible thing to do until again I, I thought around it and thought no actually all all I can do is talk about my thought processes and how I work and mm. people can take from that what they will yeah and because because again you don't you, there's no way you want to create create people that are photographing like you or because that's almost impossible mm. but to give people the guidance and the tools to find their own way of working and find their own language is great. I love that. And so that's, that's basically what I do when I mentor or when I do a workshop is talk about my thought processes, the way I work on the day, the way I've sort of the journey that has got me to where I am and the influences and the sort of mindset I tried to get into on a wedding day. And, and how not to step on babies. And how we, that's a bit, but that's mainly most of the afternoon. <laughs> most, most of the afternoon is how not to step on babies and how to have a, a, the best thing to do between the meal and people milling around and waiting for the first dance is to have a lovely kip in the car. Oh, man, I used to do yeah. that. I don't have the car now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean... It's really useful though. I did it loads. Oh, it's great. I, yeah. Oh, it's great. I've like got a pillow in the car. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you have to set an alarm. Set an alarm. But if you can just recline the seats, have 20 minutes, it's just awesome. Mm. It revitalizes and, you. It can make yeah, you like absolutely. all that. Mm. Oh, well, I think sometimes, because I mean, you know, it can, up to that stage, if it's been early prep or whatever, you can, I mean, I've done weddings where I've shot eight and a half hours, nine hours before my first break. Wow, because yeah. it's just been long prep and then you got travel to a ceremony then everything then speeches before the meal and you're like it's eight hours nine hours is gone you need a kip mm-hmm. and then the other thing i've also got in the car is an in-car espresso maker nice wow oh it's good i didn't know, oh, I didn't know those existed all oh, they exist they <laughs> exist you can you buy them you can just plug them into uh, where the lighter used to go Oh, and yeah. they make a fantastic espresso with a beautiful crema on the top. Perfect. <laughs> nice. So like then, it. yeah, kip, and then a quick shot of that. I'm ready to go through the party for about another four hours. That is cool. That's very cool. Cool, man. Um, cool. Wait, man, I'm checking time. We've got this. It's going so quickly. We've talked. It's so good. We've talked about so many different things. I've got. I think we've got time. Let me just check. Sorry. Let's check. Time for a few more questions, if that's okay, okay. with you yeah, as well. Cool. Um, I like this question. Because um, I just find it interesting. What what is happiness to you, Andrew? What what does happiness mean to you? I I think it's lovely being with my wife and my dogs, and I think it's also a lack of responsibility. So I try to get everything done before I can relax. Okay. So it's like well, each day like, type thing. Like each a, day, yeah. If I could just get things out of my head and either onto a piece of paper or in an email whizzing their way to somebody, then I feel I can I can be in a state of hopefully trying to achieve happiness. That's interesting. Like kind of yeah. a release, like a yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. It is nice to be unburdened. Mm. 
Mm, that's interesting. Mm. I like that as a as a concept of happiness, that kind of unburdened. Mm. 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 <laughs> there we go. That's my Zen moment for the day. Another question though that I like as well. So I'm, I'm, it's similar to that one, but a bit different as well. But what does it mean to be successful to you? What is what is success? I think it's it, it's a lack of worry. I mean, if we're talking a sort of, I mean, I it's. Uh, if we're talking financial success, it's 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 a lack of worry and it's not constantly having to think about money. It's you know, you know bills are paid for the next X number of years. That's all good. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm not. I I don't buy into sort of you know it's it's being lauded on by your peers or anything like that. I think it is that just that sort of ability to again pursue what you want mm. yeah i think that's great that's a, that's a great definition of success definitely man awesome okay okay we're going to end with just the one last question and because okay. i think i think you are really known for the documentary side man which is awesome and you're brilliant at what you do um so i think it'd be good for people what would and it's like you giving away some of your kind of workshop stuff for free oh, yeah. well, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be your top tips um, to help someone get better at the documentary side of wedding photography um i i always say time give something time to develop it's when 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 we first start at weddings you know we run around because you know we have that sort of thing that oh wedding days you know weddings are so fast paced you know everything goes so quickly honestly you've got 10 and a half hours it doesn't go quickly it's not wedding weddings aren't fast paced photographers are fast paced if you slow that down eternally and actually just start looking at what's happening what's unfolding in front of you take the photograph and then see if it gets better mm. and invariably it will the first shot you take is generally the safety you've got that moment but if you just move a foot to the right or if you just wait a second or, or wait a minute two minutes it may get better and something awesome might happen. So it's, I think I would say giving things time is always a, always a great thing to do. And also I think don't go to a wedding with a shot list or awesome images you want to get that you've seen, you know, oh, I want to get that two man image of, you know, guy doing his tie up from, you know, the camera being on the floor shot with a 12 mil lens, you know, that you you're not at that wedding you're at mm. the wedding that you're at and you can only work with what you've got and actually what you've got might be better than that shot mm. so, so i i ne never never try to think i want to do the so-and-so's shot this wedding again i fell into the trap of that and you spend you spend most of your time looking for that shot and missing probably half a dozen awesome other ones Ah, that's such that's such good advice, man. Honestly, that's such good advice. Oh man, really cool, really cool. And that that patience one as well is such good advice. And oh, it can be yeah. it can be so hard though, isn't it? As well, because we feel like we have it's, to be oh, getting everything, or or sometimes we feel like we have we, we have to be seen even to be yeah. to be. You know, it's yeah. tricky. It is tricky. Yeah, I I tell couples, but again, I sort of in order to allow that time one of the things that i talk to couples for before the wedding day because i always have sort of like a half an hour 45 minute call with them before right. the day just to get the timetable down but i will say you know the way that work is most of the time you'll say i'm i'm looking at things i'm listening i'm you know mainly listening for things mm -hmm. to happen um so you won't see me with a camera at my eye for most of the day that's really cool that and, you talk to them about that i think that's oh, really... absolutely tell them that because then you know when you're there whenever you catch the bride or the groom's eye you don't guiltily put the camera to your eye. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just sort of go, how's it going? Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hanging here. And that that's all you need to do. So it gives you permission to spend that time. That's really good uh, tip, I think. Yeah, really good. Really good. Oh, man, Andrew, thank you so much for your awesome. time and openness and sharing. It's been so interesting. We could do, yeah, I could have done really like a two and a half. 
I could have done like a two and a half hour episode, I think, but I would have been trying people's faces. But it's just that went so quickly. It was so good talking. It really to you. did. It really did. Oh well, that's fine. Yeah, I can't believe it's over now. That's fine. <laughs> Man, thanks so much. Um, anyone's listening here, do, you know, check out the site. This is reportage.com, and I'll include um that specific bell ringing reportage award image that Andrew spoke about, and I'll link to his website, um, his training. And you wrote a This Is How piece for us, didn't you? I think about... Uh, there is a This Is How as well. I think uh, it might have been about the uh, umbrella shot. I think that might be what it's is about. It? I'm not exactly sure. Or is it that dance floor one? Oh, from... it's the dance floor one. It's the dance floor one. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I love that image. That's awesome. So I'll include a link to that. And I'll cool. include a link to the video you did where you spoke about you know, all your repertoire was how you captured them uh, for members, which is awesome, man. Um, yeah, yeah you've fun. shared so much, dude. It's awesome. It's my pleasure. It's always my pleasure. And oh, I'll include a link to your Christmas uh, party images. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The party one. That, that was good. That was, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was awesome. You did a brilliant job. Man, thank you so much. And hopefully, I'll get to see you the next. I don't know. I don't know if the TIR Christmas party will be going ahead. I still, no, still no. But hopefully, I'll get to see you in Dublin in March. Yes. I'm looking forward to that at Doc Day. Awesome. That's going to be good yeah, again, man. That was great Fantastic. this year. Um, yeah. Awesome. Right. Cool, mate. You stay safe. And you. Cheers, dude. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 42nd episode of the This Is Repertage podcast. Andrew was so much fun to talk to and he shared so much. Hope you enjoyed it. Head to thisisrepertage.com for links to his websites, the specific bell ringing repertage award he talks about, and a link to his This Is How piece he wrote for us. As mentioned, Andrew also did an hour and 15 minute video for us where he showed us exactly how he captured all of his reportage awards to date, as well as some of his other images. Members have instant access to this, as well as over 17 hours of other educational videos. We also have 41 other episodes of the podcast released with photographers such as Ross Harvey, Peter Hellock, Mick Shah, Nicole Asteris, Sitlali Rico, and many others. If you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage awards and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, when they can happen again, exclusive discounts, over 17 hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers with more videos added regularly and much more. We've also just launched our sister site for documentary family photography, This is Reportage Family. No poses, nothing staged. This is Repertage. And this is bye for now.